Good morning, investors. Are you guys ready for another action-packed day? In today's video, of course, we'll get into the latest earnings. Got a couple of them, a couple banks coming through, some, some regional banks, some major banks. We'll definitely take a look at that. We'll get into other action in the market. Of course, we'll take a look at Lockheed Martin. We got a disaster stock of the day. I hope you guys got your recent Chipotle burritos. We'll talk a little bit about Chipotle. Goldman Sachs reducing the likelihood of recession. We'll even get into, guess what, guys? I found the NASDAQ rebalance. We'll talk all about that. Get into the action today on the one, the only pre-market prep. It's time to rise and shine, traders. Hit that like button to get us started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning to all out there. I see you guys in the chat saying good morning. That's what it's all about. We're getting ready to start this day. We'll take a look at the SPY right now coming down a little bit, but pretty much sideways, right? I mean, since the close, we just leaked a little bit up there. And it seems like we're kind of just riding higher on this market. Can't seem to break it right now. The TLT getting a little bit of a jump, though, this morning. Something to definitely keep an eye out as it starts to get back above and not cracking the 100. Of course, we were watching that last week. We'll keep eye on the TLT. When we take a look at oil and kind of we can do this with just USO, but I did see crude WTI is the one that I like to focus on. I see it around 7450s and that was updated around 730s. So it could have changed from there. But one thing I will be watching, does crude oil get back above 75? And then let's take a look at GLD gold starting to get the lift as gold tallies its best week since April as the dollar continues to drop more than uh, to its lowest in more than a year. So definitely keep an eye out as gold and keeps lifting. We'll see if silver gets the lift. Uh, silver could be going higher. We'll see what happens to these. And of course, we'll keep an eye out on Bitcoin to see if that can go higher. But let's go ahead. Let's bring on Dennis Dick. How are we doing today, Dennis? First of all, how was the action yesterday? And you ready for today? We can finally talk the Nasdaq rebalance if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, well, we got the we got it there. And again, I guess it was released. So, you know, what happened was, and Nicholas Brown here, who's a reporter with Benzinga as well, was one that actually emailed on the Nasdaq to say, You know hey, why what's he emailed up? them, right? What's that? You know why he emailed them, Did right? He yeah, we were live on on live trading, and we were like, you know what? We need to we need to call Gary. We need nice. to call the SEC. We need yeah, to call the up? Nasdaq. Like, what's going on? Because at the end of the day, if a public company did this, it would be everywhere, right? I mean, but yeah. since since it was an exchange doing this, you know, no one really hit them on how they went about this. So it looks like what happened here is you needed a subscription to get this rebalance. 
like a paid subscription. A paid subscription. Like not even like sign, give your email, and we'll give you the information. You had yes. to actually pay to get this information, yes, which is ridiculous. Re because absolutely ridiculous. Be because I mean, it's important market moving information that should be widely available to the public, not just to special privileged rich people. Yes. So, um, yeah, no, and it was let's hidden just be behind honest, a paywall. Dennis. I, I don't think I need to be on the NASDAQ paywall to get this information. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the average institutional investor could, yeah, pay the, the, the subscription just because, you know, they're just added to their expenses. Uh, but the retailer uh, investor, they're not, they're not subscribing to the NASDAQ. But yeah. let's let's get into it. I did get this. We did. Uh, so this is from a Goldman note, I believe. Exactly. So Goldman this is from a note Goldman so we note. can go. I didn't pay to go see it either because I went to the link and I'm like, I got to pay and all this. I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to go sign up and pay you money so I can see this. I'll just, you know, go to Twitter because somebody will retweet it there. And there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, that's what we so needed that's there. That's a good thing about Twitter. They just take that information and throw it back out there. But this is from a Goldman note, so not from the official NASDAQ. Mm -hmm. And Goldman figuring these new weightings here from the July 14th because Goldman obviously bought the report. Um, so you can see Apple's going to go down just like we thought. Apple's going to go down 12.1%. Looks like they're bringing it down 11.5%. The top seven. The top seven. The, the biggest going down fall. So here. Apple actually, and it's funny, the trading action yesterday, Apple was fairly strong. And it's probably because they're not taking as much Apple out as maybe originally people feared. The biggest fall, as you can see, is looks like it's going to be Microsoft, 294 basis points. That's significant. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Microsoft did not have a good day yesterday. It was actually trading almost red most of the day when the rest mm -hmm. of the market was doing pretty well. Google going to go down 191 basis points. You can see the changes in the right column there in the box that we've circled. Meta's going to go down significantly, it looks like. Um, NVIDIA is the, one of the biggest drops as well. 7.3 to 4.3, but NVIDIA is just in full FOMO mode. Bank of America got FOMO here this morning, too. They're raising their price target. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Tesla, obviously the big seven, you know, getting. And then the biggest ones going up, well, Broadcom up 64 basis points. So they're taking it out and spreading out the wealth. Yeah. And I'm assuming, we're only seeing the top 25. I'm assuming some of the smaller companies are going to get some more love here, too. But as you can clearly see, AVGO is the biggest one, and I don't think it's a coincidence that AVGO had a day yesterday. That was its best day in a while, up 20 bucks. So this stuff is moving stocks, and yeah, so there you go. So this is... Uh, so I, I still think we're a little bit too top-heavy in the top names. I did the math for us here on oh, Apple, Mitch, why, like, they're worried about Apple, Microsoft, and they only take Apple down 56 basis points? Yeah, I did the why, math here. Why, why, um, why pick me on Microsoft, take them to 294, but Apple only 56? I don't get it. Well, I, I think, you know, we, we know that Apple's the favorite there, but we won't get into that action there. But and, and I thing... think, I'm going to say it again, I think that's why Apple really had, I know there was some analyst commentaries, analyst yeah. commentary on these every day, but Apple was breaking out yesterday and having a really strong day. I know because I was, you know, short the thing that, and I got hurt. <laughs> that's why I was but, interested uh, in it, Dennis, when it was in uh, uh, Market Structure Edge on the volatility side, um, that it could go higher, right? And uh, I, so I caught that. Um, I was Fox, like, why is, why is Apple right on there, man? But It um, was. It that's added a good call, too. Yeah, I added it up here. Apple and Microsoft now still make 21.3%. I think they're that's not bringing much. them down much. Yeah, I they're think that's still too much bit. for two stocks. Yeah, two they'll, stocks. they'll go up next week and let's make that back up probably. Exactly. So then <laughs> Apple and, probably already did. And, and then if you think about so it's already going up. 
if you think about the Magnificent uh, Seven, right, if you add them up, it was at 55.6 prior, now has gone down to 43.7. So that's still significant, I think. I mean, yeah, you went down a little bit, but is this yeah. going to have that big of an effect on the ETF where we're not going to just see the same story, where yeah. it's the top leaders driving the market? I don't think this is going to change that. And I think that that's another reason why we didn't see the market really kind of take a hit, I, at least I feel, is that this didn't really change the story that much. Yes, it could no. have affected it a little bit, but we still have the these are small changes. These, stocks. these are small changes, too. It's not significant. But again, they were moving off of it, I believe, because Microsoft was not having a great day yesterday. But you know, and there was some separation. You know, when you see Apple trading, you know, strong and Microsoft weak, I think it had something to do with it too. Again, we never really know. You know, can never really 100% know why a stock is going up or down because you don't know who the buyers or sellers are in there. There's multitude exactly. of reasons. You know, some are fundamental traders, some are technical traders, some are, you know, arbitrage traders. You know, there's all kinds of different traders for different reasons in there. And we can never know who's driving the bus, but you can get a pretty good guess. We know when you got stocks got an upgrade, you know, you got some fundamental traders. The story seems, the narrative seems to be a little bit better and they're running with it. So, you know, that's, anyways, that, that's, that's. From, that. from the smaller ones, is there any of them that you're expecting to see maybe continued lift? I know AVGO has been pretty strong as of late. I can't, I can't trade that thing though. I, I, I've thought about it and it's. It's just such a hard trade at nine hundred dollars here. Um, yeah, the, almost, I don't trade the nine hundred dollars stocks either. AVGO is fairly liquid when you get to the day. It's it's not bad. It's still going to be wide, but when you do it on a percentage basis, it's not bad. Um, I mean, AVGO. We've talked about this one on the show for the last month. Yeah. It's fairly, you know, it's at a market multiple, and it's got an AI story behind it. So I'm not surprised that this continues to show strength. We were saying, you know, we like it on dips. I still like it on dips. This is not a dip. This is a rip. You had a dip about seven days ago, eight yeah. days ago. That was an opportunity. The AI story continues to be strong. The valuation is reasonable on this one. Buy good companies that potentially have a stronger story at reasonable valuations. And it's often a recipe for success. It is working with AVGO. We'll see if any of these continue to get the lift. Some that caught my attention as of late that just have been strong. AMD has been bouncing back. Um, I'm going to be looking to see if we can finally get into the 120 area on Friday. We had gotten to 122. We'll look to see yeah. if we get back up towards the 120s and AMD uh, and Intel also. Um, one that I uh, might have sold a little bit early is it went back down through 32. I got we out. We always of that. sell too early. Um, yeah, you know me. Uh, you know you, you know us, Dennis. We take we yeah. take the trade, and that's, that's one. I thing take that the Dennis, first bite and I leave the meat for somebody else. Yeah, it, it's just how it is. We we like to bite our sandwich, take take the food real quick, and then the first bites really tasty pass it though. out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Share let, the wealth, let someone else finish the sandwich. We'll we'll, we'll start it. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens here in Intel. Uh, 35 stands out to me. And there's a couple of highs at 34.23. Yesterday's high, 34.60s. Can we start getting into the 35 handle? We'll see what happens in Intel. I think also Micron is one that I'll keep on watch. This is starting to make its move back here. So these yeah. are stories that I'd kind of keep an eye out for. Because, of course, if we're going to stay strong and we're going to stay with this lift, I think these are some of the stocks that could continue higher. Of course, we're talking semiconductors and that could keep playing catch up to the big boys. And, and we'll before we get into the earnings, we might as well just continue this conversation with NVIDIA here because NVIDIA is having a exactly. morning here once again. The big move up yesterday, Bank of America doesn't care. 
um, they are jumping on the bandwagon and full FOMO here from uh, Bank of America. They are out with a note. They raise their price target to 550 and they say the stock could double from here. So they're saying potential for the stock to go to $900. Everybody's full FOMO on NVIDIA here right now. It's come this far. I mean, why not 500 is what I would say. The old Kenny Gleck. You know, stock goes from 400 to 450 You get the 450 then you start thinking about 5 I'm thinking about 5 on this. I think NVIDIA can see $500. Does valuation make sense to me? Not really, but could it grow into that? Maybe. I like the AMD story better, but everybody seems to still be hitting on AMD, and they think NVIDIA is going to have a monopoly and it's going to have no competition. Maybe that is the case. Maybe it's just going to be the AI chip just from NVIDIA, and AMD is never really going to get a good AI chip out there. But I'm not betting against Lisa Sue. I'm still long AMD. Everybody else is betting against Lisa Sue, though, and they're betting on NVIDIA, and they continue to pile on here. And this is what drives trends. You know, trends are driven by retail traders, but more so, it's driven by analyst commentary. And mm-hmm. because stocks start going up, that makes analysts upgrade stocks because they all have FOMO. They don't want to miss the boat. They don't want to miss, you know, like, you know, the opportunity. If they were thinking about upgrading it and somebody else does, they're like, well, I got to get mine out there too because I was thinking about upgrading it as well. So here we are, another bullish note for NVIDIA. It must be Tuesday. <laughs> it must be Tuesday indeed. Let's keep going, guys. We'll get out of this. Let's go to the bank earnings. Let's go to Bank of America here as they reported their EPS at 88 cents, beating the 84 cent estimate. Sales of 25.33 billion beat the 25.5 billion. They did have a provision for credit loss at 1.125 billion versus 523 million year over year. Um, So not looking too bad here, at least was able to deliver impressive Q2 results, beating the estimates, but still going down on this, not being able to hold the strength. What are you seeing, Dennis? It's just the banks aren't sexy and we're in sexy time right now. Sometimes you're in unsexy time and sometimes you're in sexy time. Right now we are in sexy time, meaning I want to hear an AI story. Oh it's yeah, a bull market, right? Like, ooh, in Nvidia. bull markets, you, know, you got to be looking for here. the stories, right? Banks are not sexy, yeah. even if the earnings were fine. It's like, what's the driver here? We're gonna have, you know, the AI tellers. That's gonna be as far as they pretty much go. Sure, there'll probably be some automated tellers. There already is. That's existed twenty years ago. I mean, you go and you put your card in the bank machine, it spits out your money. So we've already had that. I just don't know where it goes. So, and again, banks have underperformed for so long. And then you get, you know, Bitcoiners are saying eventually the banks and all this stuff. I just don't see the reason to be like, yeah, yeah, let's get long the banks. This is their time. So I, I, I see the consolidation in Bank of America. I see the valuation, which is reasonable. But again, you've got to compare that in this environment, a 3% dividend. We go back two years ago, 3% dividend. That's a nice dividend. 3% dividend is 2% under the risk-free rate right now. So you've got to consider that too. So competition, as much as we've trashed staples and saying we don't want to own staples compared to, you know, compared to what the risk-free rate is right now, I think you've got to say the same thing for the banks. So it's not surprising that they're just not getting that much movement. Even though the earnings were fine, the stocks are stable. They're not really going down. Yes, JP Morgan, best of breed, it's making a new high. We'll give it the exception. But is this really you know, where I want to put my money for the next decade and the banks? I'm just not into it. I own very few banks. I own Bank of Montreal in my long-term account. 
which I've got from my wife who worked there and it's been in there for the better part of a decade, maybe even longer, maybe like 15 years. That's, you know, so, and the U.S. banks, I don't think I own any. I think I own zero. So maybe I'm wrong, but I just think there's, you know, I don't see the story. I don't see the sexiness. And yes, I see the valuation, but when I compare it to the risk-free rate, it's not that great. 30, 30, 30, 30. It just stands clearly out for me on the daily Resistance. It's clear resistance. And so I'm watching for that. Yeah, if the stock starts closing up, let's say 31, 32, maybe you're out of this bearish zone. But right now, you're still in this bearish zone. And a move back below 27 really starts putting the pressure on the bulls or anybody that's thinking that Bank of America is coming back. So that's one thing that I'd be looking at. Of course, I'm not playing the banks either way right now, but that's just what I see on the charts. We'll see what happens there in Bank of America. Let's keep going with the banks. Let's go to Morgan Stanley here. And Morgan Stanley shining in Q2, surpassing the expectations of the EPS of $1.24 and sales of $13.5 billion. Uh, the provision for credit loss increased to $161 million year over year. But Morgan Stanley still not being able to get the lift and also seeing a very similar chart that I could see like on Bank of America, a lot of resistance and now starting to pull back in the range. I mean, it's got a better story than a Bank of America. If I was to buy something down here, a financial, it would probably be Morgan Stanley or potentially Goldman. Mm-hmm. They often seem to figure it out. Goldman reports tomorrow though. So I don't like, you know, buying stocks, you know, and like pulling them through the report. So I'd probably wait to see what the report is. But again, it's the same story. Morgan Stanley's earnings were fine. Like you go there. Yeah, these are decent numbers. You know, they're yeah. coming out. They're beating on the earnings. The revenue's iffy. You know, it's like, it's, but they beat on the top. They beat on the bottom. These are fine. But what's the sexiness? What's the driver? What's the like, yeah, yeah, banks. That's where I want to have my money. I mean, the young people don't even like the banks, you know, and they're doing other things. So I just, again, and, and again, we're calling Morgan Stanley a bank. It's really a brokerage, but it's become a bank after the financial crisis. It's a bank. So, but, you know, it's a brokerage and they've got obviously lots of different operations, investment banking. So I like Morgan Stanley better than Bank of America, but I just don't know if I want to be just involved in any financials right now. Well, what about Charles Schwab, right? Let's go to Charles Schwab's earnings here as they outperform in Q2, exceed estimates by adjusted EPS of 75 cents and sales of 4.66 billion. But this has not wanted to lift, but recently just started getting back above this kind of resistance at the 55. Now hitting the next resistance to the upside around 60. Is this one you'll be looking at, Dennis? No, same story here. It's come back up to that major resistance point. So to your point, Mitch, the technicals kind of stand out here. 60 yep. looks like r- r- major resistance. And it's failed there a couple of days ago. Trying to get up there today, but I think that's the level. You know, if you're bullish, you need to get above there. But again, what I'm already saying, what's going to drive it? What's the driver here? Are they coming on? Cheryl Schwab, you know, yeah, okay. Maybe they're going to get some love today. You know, some maybe the CEO comes on CNBC or something. And, you know, maybe he says a few good things. But it's not a continued driver. The analyst getting in here and yelling, Charles Schwab, that's where we want the money. That's where we want. It's come off the lows. Valuation maybe got a little bit too low. It was 45 to 46. And everybody thought every bank was going out of business. There were these mm-hmm. brokerages going out of business. But I just, again, don't see the real driver here to take the stock from 60 to 80. So I'm still buying tech on pullbacks. And actually, everything else probably more just me. I'm just not even interested. 
Yeah, it just seems like uh, even if I went after these banks, what am I going to get, right? Um, it may be a, a little bit tighter risk, but the reward is only... Th that's the problem. Like, it's the reward. It's, it's the just reward not is good just, enough. It's very measured on, on a bank like that. And even if we get a pop, we don't expect it to just be like a, a straight rip to the upside. So we'll see what happens with these banks. Um, we can take a look at some regional banks coming up. So definitely stick around, team. Let's go to the next major report here. Let's go to Lockheed Martin and see how this stock is doing. Of course, this has been down there to 450s for a while. And I like to always look at Lockheed Martin in more of a monthly chart. I feel like it looks a lot cleaner. Um, a lot of people have a tendency of when you get to the higher stocks, uh, if you take a look at the dailies, they're going to look a lot choppy. Um, you can see that up and down move, but it's just a lot of the volatility that you see in Lockheed Martin. Uh, let's give their numbers here as they give an impressive Q2 uh, AEPS of $6.73, uh, beating the estimates and reporting sales of $16.69 Now, there's one thing that I would put on the radar out there. Uh, look to see what happens in the earnings call because I'm looking to see if there's an update on the risk of 400 million payment delay over the F35 software. Um, so this is just kind of specific to Lockheed Martin. So it looks like they're having some issues with their software. I want to hear if they do an update on that. Will that help Lockheed get the lift and continue pushing? Here's the 15 minute right now. It's hard. It's not technology either. I like it better than the banks. So banks, zero, not interested in buying them. Lockheed, kind of interested. I see, you know, it's kind of trying to break out here. It needs to break out today. It needs to go. If it's going to go, it needs to be today. So if you're a bull and you've been in this bull camp, you cannot see this thing turn around and start going red. That yeah. is absolutely, because then you'd have the, you know, this whole breakout becomes a fake out type thing, because I can see the clear breakout that we had over this four tops, 467 ahead of the earnings. Again, Money being made, being long, these things ahead of earnings. We've talked about that strategy on this show for years. Um, you know, is there room to 500 for this eventually again? I yeah. think so. Is this a good company? Fantastic company. Has it got government backing? Sure. I mean, you know, there's obviously lots of politicians saying we've got to cut back fiscal spending, figuring out other things. You know, that's a consideration for companies like this too, but it seems to never happen. They don't cut back spending. They just keep going. Lockheed Martin gets a hell of a lot of government contracts there. Ah, torn on this one. Very torn, but like it better than the banks. Well, one thing I would say is uh, we, we definitely don't see like the Russian-Ukraine war stopping anytime soon. And if anything, I keep hearing more and more mentions of different weapons and things that are being sent over there. So I would just keep looking at Lockheed Martin, maybe seeing if we could get to that 500, right? I have played it in the past um, from the 450 run. Uh, that was back here in February. Um, so now I'm looking for the next run. Last time we ran, we ran about like 35 points. So that kind of makes sense around here, right? Maybe we get back towards 500. I'll keep Lockheed on watch. This is kind of more of a swing trade type of stock for me because I feel like uh, a lot of the times this has a tendency of moving pretty quickly on the daily. We'll look to see if it gets above the hourly pre-market high of 477. You have two marks right there on the hourly. Let's see if we get through that. All right, let's keep going. We got more for you guys today. It's 8.23. Coming up at 8.30, we do have June retail sales data that's going to be coming in. I do want to give you guys the outlook as we're anticipating an increase of 0.5 up from May's gain of 0.3. So just watch out for that. That's coming at 8.30. But let's keep it moving here. Let's go to the next one here. Uh, Navaris. 
NBS. Uh, we're going to go quickly towards this one. We'll see what happens with this stock as the EPS came in here at $1.83, beat the $1.66. Sales of $13.62 billion, beat the $13.17 billion estimate. NBS, what are you thinking, Dennis? Um, I, It's hard because this is an ADR. So we've explained this on the show before, too. This exactly. is already actively trading in Europe. So this stock has already digested the earnings. It's trading tight. It's now just high-frequency trading market makers that are trading it off of the European price. So there's no real alpha to extract here. It's already efficiently priced here. So, um, you know, Novartis got a good story here. I mean, the weight loss drugs, which obviously, you know, Lily's been coming down from that. But, you know, this is another one that's got an obesity drug here. That's how the story that's really propelled this stock from the 75 to the 105. Is it a buy on a pullback eventually? Maybe. Um, am I getting all excited on this earnings report and buying it up two bucks? Nah, I'd probably be more inclined to sell it because these stocks just aren't in favor right now. What's still in favor is tech, lower stuff. It's like weight loss drug. Well, that was the story from three months ago. It's not the cool of story anymore. Does it pick up steam again eventually? Maybe, but right now the story is a little bit cold. Now, one thing I would take a look at um, is just the 100 level. The 100 level just sticks out to me like crazy on this chart, and especially on the monthly, right? You can see how there's some resistance here right above, and you're trying to make it that support, right? And so that's kind of like the levels that I'd be watching, 95 for support and really trying to hold 100. Um, we've gotten a, a multiple times above that 100. Now I'd be starting to look to see if you come into kind of more of this trend line hold, maybe a little bit of a wick action towards 100 today, but I really want to see it get back there towards 103 and 105 if you're really starting to look for this stock to take the next levels higher. We'll see what happens there on NBS. It's 825. We'll keep going till we get that retail sales about. We go to that disaster stock of the day. Let's yeah, go let's away. Go I'm to getting it. bored with the earnings. I'm like, nah, let's... eyes are glazing over. These are all boring. BK, PNC. We could do PNC. Disaster. But it's down four bucks. So you got the regionals telling a different story. So just quick summing up. You know, they don't like the regionals right now here. I know State Street bounced back a buck or something yesterday, but it bounced yeah. off that key support. But. They're not in love with the regional. So I'm just staying away from banks and my eyes are glazing over talking about there. But you do have the story stock of the day or the disaster stock of the day. Massimo, M-A-S-I. What's up here, Mitch? Massimo trading lower after the company reported Q2 23 preliminary results and revised 23 outlook. Uh, so this not helping it out by any means here and definitely taking a major hit back here. We'll see what happens on this is uh, they released that the healthcare revenue is expected to be 280 million to 282 million when uh, also revenues expected to come down towards 453 from 457 consensus was at five. 53. So we're talking about knocking the revenues down a hundred million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's going to affect your stock pretty big there. One thing we can learn from this, even if you don't trade Massimo, is in this earnings season, which has just begun, the bar is higher than last earnings season. Higher bars. Not the bars as high as, you know, maybe they were a year ago, but the bar has come up from last earnings season. And if you are going to warn, in last earnings season, you'd see some companies warn and then they'd go up anyways. This is not that earnings season. The stocks have come up. Expectations are higher. People want to see the stocks doing good. And if you're warning, you are going to get severely punished for it. And that is exactly what we are seeing here in Massimo today. 
This is a severe punishment, and I mean severe. The stock is down 30% here right now. Absolutely murdered. It was down into the report here, so maybe some people had a feeling this was not going to be good. And again, well, I guess this was preliminary numbers. This came out of the yeah. blue. So that's interesting. So it was down ahead of the release of the preliminary numbers. So some people maybe um, <laughs> got, got a special note or something there because it's interesting that when they're down ahead of the, the re- well, I guess it had been leaking for a long time. So we won't speculate on, you know, who knows what. But now you're down, taking out the October lows, making a new 52-week low. We got to go to our monthly. We are making a new five-year low on Massimo. Some people are like, oh, it's going to bounce back. I will tell you from experience in 23 years of trading, when you are buying these things on the first day, some do bounce back, but the majority do not. And what happens a lot of the time is they continue to leak because this story has just now went ice cold and people are like, I've got better places for my money than sitting in Massimo hoping for a bounce back. It's not a technology company, although, you know, obviously, um, maybe there's some technology in some of the, you know, the medical you know, supply parts or whatever the hell they do. But, I mean, this is not going to be thought of as a tech stock here. It's medical devices. So, I don't I'll... know. $100, yeah, sure. It's a big psychological level, 100 bucks, maybe it bounces there. But trying to come in here and call a bottom on this stock is a good way to get hurt. I think one of the things that is definitely affecting this company is it's being impacted, of course, by customer conversion rates. So margins starting to get hit and the continued rise in hospital labor expenses. So we know that the hospitals definitely went through some extreme cases in the pandemic. And with that, what happened? We saw pay raises, right? And that's actually affecting it here. It was actually stated by them that that definitely is affecting their revenues. So look into that if you're a big on Massimo uh, investor. And so we're going to see them struggle as long as we keep seeing these convergent rates getting hit and also hospital labor getting more expensive. All right. It's 829. We're getting retail sales. Before before we leave, you're, 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 you're moving too quick. No Before worries. We leave I just here on this one. And, oh, you got the retail sales. Sorry. Yeah, the retail sorry, sales. Sorry. I just wanted to get yeah, that's sorry, about go. to hit. Um, but uh, we can keep talking about this just coming up. No, I just want to add, like, interesting that Medtronic. You know, it's not a peer peer, but it's there. Similar, you know, industry here. Mm-hmm. Interesting that Medtronic is not really getting hit on this at all. So yeah. it's down fifty cents. I'm like, if I was long Medtronic, I don't know, man. I don't like this news here again i don't follow the industry close enough to know the difference here but i know medical devices medical devices i think medtronic is kind of in the industry here so massimo down 30 percent medtronic shareholders aren't caring here yet maybe they haven't put it together but mdt only down 50 cents does not seem to be down enough for a peer play here for me i have no position but if i was in it i wouldn't want to be in it all right. Well, we got uh, retail sales, June retail sales data coming in here at 0.2 versus 0.5. So a little bit light here. Um, we'll see what happens there as it shows that uh, maybe not as much increase in spending as we expect. Um, but retail sales, I, I think that's I think that's kind of known to get a little bit of a hit here. One thing I've been keeping an eye out, though, is uh, kind of recession concerns slowly coming to it. Not, I wouldn't say an end, but definitely starting to go down, right? A lot of people starting to take a look at 
that we might not get that recession that everyone kind of already penciled in. Uh, the likelihood of U.S. recession in the near future appears to be falling, according especially to Goldman Sachs. The investment bank cut the probability of economic contraction in the next 12 months uh, to 20% from 25%. They got FOMO going too. So, Let's call yeah. it. You know, yeah. they, they got FOMO. They're like, ah, we screwed up here. The they realize they're on the, on the wrong side of the trade, the stock right? market here. Yeah. No, everybody's got... You know, obviously we have some analysts that have guts and, you know, make contrarian calls here. But it's like so many lemmings just go with the flow. You know, Goldman's tried to make a contrarian call and now they're capitulating is what it is. You know, when Tim, who is it, Tim Wilson or who is it from, um, I got the name right from Morgan Stanley, the one that's been bearish, chat. I'm brutal with the names. Yeah, Tim chat, Wilson? chat will name. Is it, it Tim Wilson from uh, Morgan Stanley? Am I getting the name wrong? Yeah, I think it's Tim Wilson, isn't it? Anyways. Tim Wilson, when he when he capitulation starts going bullish, that's gonna be the top. <laughs> Mike Wilson, I think. Is it Mike Wilson? Sorry, Mike that's Wilson. The, Mike that's Wilson. What the chat is saying. There you go. Yeah, Mike Wilson. Sorry. There you go. They got. I mean, you weren't too. You got bad my off. back, Mike Wilson. There you go. That's yeah, what it's he, all about, guys. So let me know, chat. When Mike Wilson says I was wrong, this is going to this market's going to start, you know, continue to go higher, and I was wrong. When he capitulates. Send me a message on Twitter. Reach out to me because that's the day I'm selling my stocks. All right. Well, I, I know that there's someone that we can talk about this with. Uh, our guest today. Let's go ahead. Let's get to it. Let's go Ryan to our Dietrich. guest time. Thanks. You guys smash the like. It's Ryan Dietrich time. The stat man is back, baby. Let's get to it. All right, Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist at Carson Group. How are we doing? Welcome back, Ryan. Morning, guys. Good morning. How's everything going there? It's going bad. good. It's going good here, here, Ryan. Here we go. I just want to say, I was saying, you know, when Mike Wilson capitulates and actually turns bullish, it's the day I want to sell stocks. But I will say the opposite for Ryan Dietrich because this guy has been spot on. And when Ryan Dietrich turns bearish, I'm going to sell stocks too because Ryan Dietrich <laughs> has been spot on for the better part of a year here. Um, we've had a lot of gas, bullish, bearish. This guy's stuck to his bullish thesis here for the last 10 months. Been absolutely correct. Ryan, you let me know when you're turning bearish because I am going to sell stocks that day. Uh, good news, not yet. Okay, <laughs> good news, not yet. Stay, there you go. I can stay long some stocks. Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, you're, you're talking about, I mean, I just was looking back at some things. You know, I pointed out some bullish ideas back in october i mean literally the day of the bottom october 13th mm -hmm. stocks down two percent on that cpi report finished higher over two percent a five percent bounce off the lows off a 52 week yeah. low i spouted these things off on twitter that day talking about how it's wildly bullish usually that's a capitulation low hey listen i had no idea but we had a 25 percent bear market usually bottom in october over the top sentiment i was looking at the comments right to, to that idea that we could actually go up this is again middle of october a different world and it's just very powerful i think it's a uh, very powerful but yeah we we've been bullish let me try and share my screen guys if i i, I threw some charts Wait, together for you if i can figure it out here let's do it let's do where, it where's where's your third leg is he on vacation or what's going on tonight today oh, oh, he's right on the look, no no look look look, 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 look you don't have to look too far oh, he look. he's, he's here right there. Ryan's here this is the volatile puppy here. isn't it that's yeah that's, he's um, here <laughs> I, wear, I always wear it when he goes on vacation i always wear it so i wear it like every other week because he goes on vacation a lot awesome hopefully you see that you see that one we got it. Remember well, this. I, 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 you guys have me on every month, and thank you so much. Look like middle of June. I think I've shared this chart with you literally every time, but I think it's really important. I, I, you know, it's a Definitely. lot of uh, kind of what we look at, and it's seasonality, right? And I know 
guess I pointed this out, but I just want to point it out again. We just had the most bullish three quarters out of a four-year presidential cycle. Yes, that just ended, but we gained 7% of the S&P, 7% of the S&P, 8% last quarter. So it's amazing how that played out once again. Now, yes, this third quarter of a pre-election year, maybe things could be ready for a little bit of a break. Wouldn't be the end of the world, but I think just be aware of the fourth quarter is strong. And I have some other things I want to point out, but I think that's just an important one. So we did just release our mid-year outlook, I think a week ago today. A week ago today. Again, we came into this year saying S&P, in the first line of our outlook that came out seven months ago, we said we thought stocks could hit all-time highs with some good news. And again, that was crazy to say. I literally had someone come out to me and say, Ryan, that can't be your real outlook. Send me your real one, right? That's got to be a fake outlook. They didn't even believe that we It were... was probably me back in October. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> this, this I, in I, I was bearish in October. Well, well, let's, just, anyway. let's just call it how it was. It was majority. Majority yeah, well, was saying was, that yeah, so we probably wasn't going to happen. The game between twelve and fifteen percent. Okay, at the start of the year. Now we're up in that to twenty-one to twenty-five. But giving that's total return. We were up seventeen percent middle of the year total return. So it's not like it's that far away. But we still remain overweight equities. We've been overweight equities all year. We run money for our Carson partners. Um, we've been overweight equities the whole time. I'll get into kind of what we like here in a second. And bonds, we said between four to five percent. That's right about there. Again, you know, bonds are up about two percent middle of the year. So kind of right there. So, again, things are a little bit better than we thought. But, hey, the economy, like we talked about, and I've got some things we'll point out here, is, is still better. Key to it all is inflation. I mean, we've said inflation can come back and be a tailwind along with some other potential tailwinds. We just got that report last week. I know you guys are all over it, but I love this chart. So, of our geese, uh, macro strategists on our team, puts this together. It's – it's uh, which one is it? It's, it's apartment list, right? Apartment list, and we know this, right? Apartment list has been saying rent's been coming down. Everyone, shelter makes up 41% of core CPI. Now we're finally starting to see shelter come down in the government's work. Don't shoot the messenger. It takes the government like a year to realize what's going on, apparently, with rents and shelter. We're now seeing what we've been seeing in the private data. This says inflation should continue to come down. Yes, the Fed's probably going to hike one more time. I don't think they need to, but they're going to. But then likely they're going to be done because inflation's not a problem. Uh, first half of the year up over 10%. We know that. When you're down the year before, it is what it is. Here's just some more fodder for why we remain overweight equities, uh, you know, at least the next six months or so. You can see they're usually higher, up about 12% on average well above the average last six months of the year. Again, when you have a good start to a year and you were down the year before, here's a lot of different ways to look at it. The one I want to focus on is when the S&P finishes up between 12 and 17%. You can see it there kind of in the middle to the right. Um, never lower. <laughs> now, again, everything anything could happen, but that's like that sweet spot. Yes, 87 was a great year. People said, what about 87? Well, 87. Stocks are up 40% for the year in August at 87. That was a stretch rubber band. More the sweet spot between 12 and 17%. It is what it is. The last six months are up, you know, double digits on average and never been lower. So just something to think about there. Just a couple more. The recession call. We were one of the very few. I know RINMAC was in this camp, but we were in one of the yeah. very camps that said, there's no recession coming. Sonovar Geese does amazing work with, on this side of the macro world. He said things are positive. The consumer makes up two-thirds of the economy. It's still too strong to have a full-blown recession. Well, now what are we seeing? We're seeing, I'm showing here, housing and manufacturing, about 20% of the economy. No question were headwinds last year. Both of those could be tailwinds to GDP going forward. Um, housing, guys, has been 8 
quarters in a row took away from GDP. Now it's going to start adding to GDP. We're not hearing too many people talk about that. So again, the idea of a recession, we haven't bought it the whole time and we think it's still there. Just a couple more, couple more. This is what we call the Carson cycle composite. I threw a bunch of stuff together. It's at the bottom there. Last 20 years or average year, year three of a presidential cycle. When you're up a lot in January, then year three of a new president. We've been sharing this a lot the last couple of months saying, hey, this cycle composite says be open to an idea of a summer rally, right? Everyone's selling May, go away. Well, we haven't seen that. And this cycle composite indeed said years that are look like, sort of like this, right? Kind of rhyme, to quote Mark Twain, right? You get the summer rallies. Now, yes, August, September, October, maybe it could be time for a break after that rally we've had. We remain overweight, overweight equities. We would use that as opportunity. Let's say, how much could we pull back? I mean, maybe 5 to 8%, right? That could, be, that could be acceptable, I think, of what we've seen. But we would be adding to... Areas like small caps, got a small cap chart come up. We like cyclical value, your industrials, your energy names, potentially financials. Look at, look at, I didn't bring the chart, but regional banks are really looking like they're starting to bottom. Frank Capillary, you know, I think you guys are Frank on the show, I think. No, no, no. But Frank's had some really good charts looking at uh, some regional bank stuff that I think is positive. Two more here. Um, when you look at, and maybe you guys have shared this one, but at the bottom there, e equal weight. Uh, discretionary versus staples, right? Breaking out. When you see that, it's hard not to be risk on. Again, it's not. It's throwing out the Teslas and Amazons. It's equal weight. You're seeing that leadership from the risk on area, suggesting again the S and P should hang out above and any pullbacks, probably back to that 4,200 level, which was the peak last August. We think that'd be a great buying opportunity if we worked our way back there. And then we like smalls and mids. Again, we were lonely in this call start of the year. Then the regional bank crisis happened. Smalls yeah. and mids took it on the chin because a lot of small caps like disappeared. Those regional banks that were in there disappeared. But now we're starting to see the economy is not in recession. Things are broadening out. Another major theme for our outlook is not just tech communications, more of a broadening out. And if you think about what is Carson Investment Research's out of consensus bet with the money that we run for our advisors and our partners, it is this. It is we are overweight small and mids second half of this year, not by a ton, but by a good amount that we're making a bet there that we think that's going to be the differentiating factor for the money we run to really help our partners outperform is being overweight small and mids. And then the yeah, I've showed this before when the Fed stops hiking, which I think we're almost there. Um, eight of the last 10 times a year later, the S&P was higher. So just because the Fed stops hiking, that isn't bearish by itself. There's other factors to pay attention to. And eight out of 10, hey, not too bad. Last one. I love this one. I pointed this out a ton last year. Off of a mid-term year low, and nobody knows when that is, but looking back, it was October 13, October 12, right around there. One year off those lows, S&P's up 32% on average. We're like 26% off those lows now. As crazy as that sounds, it could mean there's a little more upside potentially into October if just to get to average. So I know I talk fast. I know I bring a lot of charts. Hopefully, uh, some of that look cool. We can we can jump and talk about whatever you want, but um, things still look pretty good to us. I wouldn't be shocked if we had a little break in Octo September, October, November somewhere, or August, September, October somewhere. But you know, I think it'd be normal, and we're still bullish. How do you All feel right, like I can going hear into it out there. Sorry, I can Sorry. hear it out there. Definitely. Uh... Let's clap it up for my man. You've been doing it great all year. I had to give you that for sure. So go ahead, Dennis. No, I was just going to say, how do you feel about this earnings season? One yeah. thing that I'm a little nervous about is that I believe the bar is higher this earnings season. Mm -hmm. Earnings season, Because everybody in last earnings season was like, wow, you know, the expectations right. were in the clear. And then, you know, everybody beat expectations. Like 82% or something beat expectations. Mm -hmm. They've come up a little bit here now. Right. Does continue or the expectations still low enough that these companies can get over the bar like i mean we're going to hear from the banks you know really who cares it's not really the driving right. of us here it's been the technology companies that have been driving them 
Tesla and Netflix come out Wednesday. Everybody's going to be eyeing sure. those. One, how do you feel about those companies and those? Well, I maybe don't want to talk individual stock, but yeah. just in general, how you you know feel about this earnings season compared to last earnings season? Yeah, great points there. I mean, I think the bar is still probably a little too low. Looking for negative seven percent year over year for the S and P. That be it will be the third quarter in a row of negative earnings, an earnings recession, right? Yet those three quarter stocks have done pretty well. Why is that? Because yeah. they're sniffing out the better times ahead. So I do think, and that's the game. We all see it, right? I mean, I, I, Sam Stovall's done the data on it, but I mean, only like once or twice, like the last 20 years of earnings come in worse than expected. And that's like COVID and really wild things that took place. So that's kind of the game you see. Well, what, what we're in, uh, anticipating though, the US dollar has been weak, right? And it's been it's been even weaker. I know you've been talking about that on your show, 15 month lows. I didn't put yeah. it in this chart in this deck today, but Sony's got a really cool chart, plain and simple. When the dollar's weak year over year, if you're not in a recession, exactly where we think we are, that's a big tailwind for earnings. So it might not quite happen yet, but the market, as we all know, looks ahead. We might start to see some more positive earnings simply because multinationals, lower dollar helps oversee, over uh, overseas sales. Kind of hard to say in a, on a, what is today? On a Tuesday morning. Don't even know what today ah. is. But but the bottom line is, again, that weakish dollar of no recession is something that could be a major driver going forward, Dennis. We'll see. I'd love to hear uh, Corporate America has a say about that potentially. But overall, you know, I mean, I know today's retail sales is a tad weak. I mean, that's a little volatile. We're still impressed by the overall consumer. We think earnings season will be strong. And industrials is probably our favorite group the last six months of this year. It's got the highest R squared versus the market, the S&P 500. And we think there's some real potential there for, for industrials to do fairly well on the earnings front, which will be good. Because last quarter, it was all about tech. It was all about NVIDIA and that big explosion in earnings and that helped things. If our thesis is right, it's more of a broadening out from a market point of view. We think we might see more of a broadening out as well. And let's be last comment on this. Energy is one of our you know favorite. We're overweight energy also. We think energy has a good chance of being pretty solid the second half of this year. Earnings and why, why do you think be, that? Because yeah, a lot well, of people have turned negative on energy because yeah. obviously energy has been in the gutter right. and been underperforming here for the better part of the last three months. Yep. Why? Why the narrative change? Yeah, well, what you just said, I love hearing that because people are giving <laughs> up on it. It was a 50% two years ago, 50% last year. Yeah, I had a bear market this year or close to a bear market, depending on which stock you look at. Um, But what I was getting at was earnings this quarter, if you look at all 11 sectors, Earnings and, and energy is supposed to be the worst, right? Big drop. So expectations are so much lower. Now we've got crude oil back up above, oh, gee, what, 75 this morning, back above 70. Natty gas starting to bottom. You look at it like XOP, not a recommendation, but the XOP, some of the more aggressive energy names, relative strength. There are just some reasons that we think if you can avoid a recession, energy was beaten up as it is with the lowered earnings expectations overall. That's an area that could do well. The dollar week, you know, potentially could help uh, energy. It's not quite as clear cuz is sometimes with gold and some of the other metals, but uh, that's that's just an area we 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 um we think is uh, gonna uh, kind of get that baton back um and, and do fairly well I and mean, people have thrown energy out right and and we like to see everyone loves tech and communications AI that stuff's done great we kind of like to look for the areas that are a little under love with some positive things taking place and we think energy is that that area right that's what I mean what it makes five percent of the S and P give or take we're talking maybe go six and a half seven percent in a portfolio yeah. don't go hog wild here but again it's an area we are overweight. I love it. And uh, I think that you definitely touched some really good stuff with the currency. I mean, I, I know that there was the focus for a while there was the actual negative effects from the dollar. And oh, now yes. we're getting the positive effects from the dollar, right? I'm sure that will be mentioned multiple times in earnings reports. We'll keep an eye out for that. Um, and you've mentioned industrials. And I think that that's an area that I'm definitely keeping a watch on. I've been seeing 
the XLI really start to take off here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's an area where, you know, everyone's looking at AI plays and technology, but maybe not catching kind of like the deer, the cat that keeps wanting to go higher. And I feel like those are also AI plays too. Uh, not not maybe the the pure play, but also can be AI plays. What are you seeing here? Do we think that all all the the boats can keep lifting with the tide? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, with with it comes to industrials, we do. I mean, there's airlines in there, right? I mean, Delta, the run that thing's been on. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. But incredible, there's definitely yeah. some some things there. And again, just the bigger thesis, right? We called our outlook, um, you know, kind of getting back to normal, right? And our mid year outlook uh, getting closer to normal. Normal would be, you know. <laughs> Inflation's coming back down two, three percent. Economy's chugging along two and a half percent. But also, you're out of a recession. Recession um, worries are over, and, and industrials can do well. Industrials closed at a new all-time high on a monthly basis last month. I haven't heard too many people pointing that out. So again, it's just an area that makes sense to us, along with small and mid caps. Um, the cyclical names, along with small and mid caps, just it's that theme we have of just no recession and uh, still some doubt. I mean, you, I know you guys talked about that. That um, who was it? It was um, the Bloomberg survey that came out last week the median strategist looking for a 6.6 percent drop second half of this year the most bearish they've ever been four other times they expected negative returns the rest of the year they being you know the strategists out there they didn't ask me i'll tell you that but the, the yeah. rest of the year every year was up double digits those final six six months so again yeah there's pockets of opportunity pockets of excitement by the word i should use a a i i n a a i m different surveys that are out there so sure people are get a little more optimistic but most of these strategists that were bearish most of these economists that were talking recession recession it feels like they're digging in and sticking with it and you know right or wrong we think they're going to be wrong again and we think there's still more positives and negatives which could flush this market and keep pushing it higher uh, when all is said and done by the end of the year for sure I and mean, potentially double digits higher putting us at all-time highs which isn't that far away on the s&p and the dow last question of course uh how do you see the fed interest rates going in 25 pause and 25 how are you seeing it ryan yeah, like I said, if I were in charge, I wouldn't. Need, I don't think you need to hike anymore. I thought last week's inflation said that, but mm. I do see one more twenty-five basis point hike. They're a little bit concerned about wage wage growth, which has been a little stubborn. But honestly, most of the other inflation data we're seeing says uh, inflation is not a problem anymore. So what, one more twenty-five, then likely they'll take their time. I mean, they let's be honest, they were wildly wrong with transitory. They were wildly wrong before they should start should have started the hike. Maybe they're wrong again when they should potentially stop hiking, but. Fortunately, we're not seeing any major signs of cracking in the economy. So we, we think, I mean, could they orchestrate a soft landing? Hey, we've said the plane had plenty of gas or plenty of fuel. It never needed to land anyway. We said the economy is strong enough for no landing at all. And we think that's still the camp uh, where we are right now. Well, Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist at Carson Group. I threw it up there. And so you guys can go ahead and yeah. give him a follow. He's a great follow on Twitter. And definitely check out Carson Group. Appreciate you like always, Ryan. It's always good to have you on. The I'm stat right. man continues, yeah. man. Have look a great forward, one. Look forward to next month. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you then. Thanks, Take Ryan. care. Thank you. Have a good one, Ryan. Let's get back to right, the market action. Yeah, Ryan always kills it. He's always prepared. And uh, honestly, one of my favorite guys to definitely bring on the show. Let's get to the market. Let's take a look here. The SPY leaking a little bit with that retail sales number that came in. Yep. I don't know if it's retail sales or just a little bit of a leak here. What are you seeing, Dennis? Uh, just a little bit of a leak. I mean, it's been, you know, an impressive run here. And, you know, we're straight up. You get these little leaks. But, I mean, give a perspective. In the last month, the S&Ps went from four. You know, we just look at the spy. Even if you want to just look at the spy on the charts, we went yeah. from 420, you know, to you know, a month and a half for 450. It's been a good move, seven, eight percent here. So, 
is there a cool off period eventually in here? I hope so. I think, you know, but pullbacks are going to get bought. So I think if you're long, you stay long, like Ryan's saying. And I think if you're short, you use the pullbacks to cover it. I don't know what you're doing short if you are short. And I think um, if, you know, you're sitting on cash, you're using dips to buy. And that's how I've been doing. I've been sitting on some cash. Every time we pull back a little bit, put a little bit more to work. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't see the narrative changing anytime soon and sometimes it can change suddenly it could be a headline could be an earnings warning from one of the big guns i mean anything like that can change the narrative but at this point in time with the information we currently have bulls are in complete control again that can change you get a warning from one of the big guns i'll have my finger on the sell button very very quickly but um right now everything's looking pretty good to ryan's point maybe expectations are still low maybe they've come up the bar has come up to a certain extent but maybe those numbers really haven't come up that much yet. So maybe it's easy for them to get over this hump again. I mean, is NVIDIA really going to come out and miss earnings later on? Probably not. NVIDIA's fine on all cylinders. I think Netflix is going to probably be good too. Um, Tesla, you never know. It's always a wild card. So, you know, Wednesday's going to be interesting. I mean, tonight we get interactive brokers. We get JB, you know, Hunt. We get, there's WAL if you're following the regional banks. There's really not much coming tonight. It's Wednesday. It's Tesla, Netflix, IBM, Goldman Sachs, UAL. Goldman Sachs is an important one for sure. Uh, and one pattern that I've been seeing on Goldman Sachs is they usually run into like before earnings, before like the, the first earnings hit, like JPMs, then a little bit of a decline, and then they usually kill it on their earnings and it comes right back up. So that's one pattern that I'll be looking to see if it continues in Goldman Sachs. I've seen it happen plenty of times where they run it to the earnings, it drops right when those earnings start and then climbs right a little bit after uh, their earnings. because so they usually kill it, but we'll see what happens there in Goldman Sachs. Uh, let's go to another headline here. We're going to go to AccuVision. AccuVision is trading a little bit lower after it was revealed uh, that uh, by the security filings revealed that Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway sold a large chunk of its holding in the video game publisher, the 13 G filing released Monday evening showed a 1.9% stake in the company. Uh, that's down from 6.3% stake at the end of March. Yeah, so and, like and that's a side note. The, the real reason it's down is that Bloomberg was reporting last, I believe it was Bloomberg, that they are in all likelihood going to have to extend this deal contract, which is set to expire on the 18th um, i believe i believe Today. it might even be tonight yeah, yeah it's tonight so they're it's already tonight. saying that they're likely going to have to extend it they're likely not going to be able to close it tonight so mm -hmm. it was trading down a little bit on that because people worry like oh you know it's not going to get the 95 right away and you still don't have full uk approval here either so i mean there is some hiccups and there's still some hurdles to get over here for activision blizzard i mean i'm with buffett i mean you know bird in the hand here you got your 93 now the deal's likely going through could they have to raise the price? There's talk that they might have to actually raise the price if it extends beyond tonight's midnight deadline. And that would be good news for Activision Blizzard. Like maybe they got to go to 96 or they got to go to 97 to extend it. There's talks of that. Um, but the deadline is tonight. And the rumor is they're not going to close and they're not going to get closed in time. Yeah, I highly doubt it. It's been coming to this date and uh, pushback would kind of make sense for them to work out the details, right? We'll see what happens here in AccuVision Blizzard. Let's go to some ratings here as Evercore ISI group upgrading sure. Pinterest to outperform. 
Mm, Pinterest has been one that we were watching. And I saw, did you see the takeoff on Snap yesterday? We talked uh, about Snap. And, yeah, we were talking about this just yesterday. And randomly at like 1 p.m., it was just a spike there from 13 to about 1360s, about a 5% spike. Snap yeah. going sideways now. But Pinterest, of course, getting the lift this uh, after hours. You can see that pop there, about three, almost 3.5% on that pop. What are you looking at for these? Uh, it has a price well, target Pinterest now. Well, Pinterest sets up well, actually. So it's a catalyst to take us out of this range. We've been at the top of the range. It's trying to break out over the key 30. It was really 29. So you start getting this up over 30. Now you start to open up and you start thinking about 35. So I wouldn't be fading this upgrade on Pinterest here. Uh, for the simple reason is that the story is still, you know, starting to get hot here again, social media story and, you know, technology catch up trade on the stocks that haven't gone and you get an upgrade here. So ducks mm -hmm. in a row here kind of breaking out. I think the breakout could be real. So i kind of like the Pinterest, although I don't like the chase Snapchat. We talked about it yesterday and I like Snapchat here. I think the 13 support, I think if I was, you know, leaning on a level. Why not lean on the triple bottom? 1294, 13, 1297. We'll call that a triple bottom. Three out of four day lows. Um, if I was long at 1343, that's where I'd be, you know, looking, you know, to, you know, if I, if, if, and I always set up my trades, where am I getting out if the trade doesn't work out? It'd be under 13. But right now, I think you set up and I think Snapchat could see 15 bucks. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. I, I, I like that Snapchat chart also. Um, we'll see what happens there on Pinterest to see if it can keep going. And I'm with you. Out of the range now, out of the bearish channel. And I feel like we're having a lot of stocks that are finally starting to get out of that sideways period and starting to get above resistance. So something to keep an eye out for. All right, let's go to Chipotle. I, uh, I wanted to come in with this one uh, just because it's an interesting news. Um, I didn't expect to hear about it, but Chipotle announcing Tuesday that it signed an agreement with a Kuwait-based company here for its first ever franchise partner to open locations in the Middle East. Um, so CEO Brian Nicoli said that initial plans call for two locations, each in Dubai and Kuwait. Um, of course, uh, all companies, uh, they do have uh, 50 locations in Canada and Europe, but this would be the first in the Middle East. Um, you're breaking out. So you've been in a long consolidation period, 2,000 to 2,100 for the better part of two and a half months. This is trying to resolve itself to the upside. It is trying to break out here. It's a big day yesterday. You catch some people. Now you get you know some news, positive catalysts. Try to take us out of here. Going to try to make a new all-time high here today for Chipotle. I don't like short stocks making new all-time highs. I wonder how this is affecting maybe that Kava IPO. It's just been sit sitting sideways. What's there. that been we'll doing? Will this give it the lift? That's one thing that I've been looking at. Does Chipotle, because everyone compares this to Chipotle. I'm not saying that it's going to be as good. Nowhere am I saying that. But the style of restaurant it is, it is that style of restaurant um, where you walk in, like, you know, you walk through the line, you order your stuff, you get your food, you get going. Um, so Kava has been hanging out here. I know they were supposed to IPO a lot lower than 40s, um, but it's been hanging out here in the top I think it's a trade, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm investing Kava and I haven't looked at the fundamentals or anything. It's probably trading with a ridiculous valuation, but I'm just guessing. Just from a technical basis here, mm -hmm. I'd say above 45, there's, you know, the chance that this could go higher. Could the Chipotle drive it? Could that be a catalyst here today? Maybe. I mean, it's it's nice. I don't mind the chart. You know, you've got 
key, you got four days of support here in the 45 to 46 area. Yeah. So I would say as long as you're holding above 45, there's a bull thesis here. But that, you know, take out 45 and then I wouldn't want any part of it. So as long as it's above 45, I think bulls are in control here. Yeah, it doesn't look but too bad to maybe see. We do if five minutes of ticker time too here, Mitch. Yeah, let's do it. They're, we have they're time. like pounding out tickers and we haven't done ticker time for a while. I've let's seen do it. everybody asking for Palantir. Let's Everybody's Palantir. asking for PLTR. So I want to go to that one here first. Palantir had a breather for the last few weeks. It is now mm -hmm. trying to break out here once again. I do believe this is an AI story. We were absolutely right on this one, but we screwed. I screwed up the trade royally. You know, I was long and then I just got, you know, stopped out and it, it happens, was just terrible. Man. And it was basically at the bottom. And, you know, now it continues to go higher without me. I like the Palantir story. I think it's going to see 20 bucks. I haven't participated in it, but wow, it's been a good story. Well, the 20 bucks stands out to me just off the weekly, right? That was that long-term support here that could play into resistance now. And so that makes complete sense, Dennis, uh, at least for my technical outlook, looking for that $20 price point. We'll see if this can continue climbing higher. Next resistance I see it is in this little bunch up that could maybe stop around 19, but this looks good. And I'd be looking for pullbacks closer to 17. Of course, that was the prior daily resistance here. Multiple tops in the 1690s. This is 1716, 1690s, 1689. So if I could get pullbacks into that area, 1726, somewhere below 1725 to 17, I wouldn't mind trying to join the party in Palantir. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's keep going with some other stocks from the chat. There's, I'm sure there's an, a couple other ones out there. Um, seeing T Doc, that's an interesting one to take a look at. What's the headline here? Hmm, let's take a look here. I'll I'll take a look at uh, Benzinga Pro, of course, to try to get that headline here for us. Um, and it looks like Microsoft is sending uh, Teladoc higher. And what's going on there? So looks like it's trading higher after the company announced expanding its collaboration in AI with Microsoft to address healthcare work force crisis. So remember why I mentioned earlier today with Massimo, how there is continued rise in hospital labor expenses. This is also adding to that. He's, they're saying here that they're addressing the healthcare workforce crisis. So like AI to affect, uh, actually kind of finding employees and things like that. Um, maybe this finally starts to shake the bottom. Yeah. I, I would I this not fade this. This has been beat up. This is a stock that has yeah. not participated in the rally whatsoever. Call it the forgotten child. I mean, it's so far down from its highs, $100 a share. Don't think about that. But could you think about 30? I think so. Microsoft is always a good headline here. I actually think this could continue to go up on this one. I don't like chasing stocks, but I kind of want to chase this one. I don't have any position in it. Just kind of got a little bit of FOMO here going. I think there's more gas in the tank here potentially for Teladoc. Yeah, I'll be looking for 15-minute pullbacks into kind of the 2570s or 26. Anything below that, I'll be definitely keeping an eye out on this Teladoc. I, I agree with you. I like this uh, kind of daily area where now you've had uh, multiple times to try to break that area, and it's just been holding that. Now I'd look for quick sweep reversals, and that's kind of like the action you're getting today where you're sweeping above that resistance and now starting to hold that pullbacks at 26. Don't look too bad. We'll look to see if this can keep going. Teladoc, not looking too bad. All right, what else is being mentioned in the chat out there? Uh, we want to take stocks from you guys out there. And like always, since we're taking some stocks, give us some likes out there, team. 
Uh, this is an interesting area to keep a watch on. I've been seeing solar getting the lift lately. EMPH is one we talked about just recently, uh, like kind of a day and a half ago. And now we're, we're starting to get a, a nice little lift here in ENPH. Do you think solar stocks can get the lift? Yeah, well, ENPH also, um, you know, obviously smaller component than QQQ. So I'm not sure if it's going to benefit from some of that. I didn't pay for the paywall to see the actual lower ones there. But we know that some of the top 25, I'm assuming some of the lower weight ones might get some love there too. Um, solar just had a day yesterday. All solar stocks were just flying yesterday. Um, first solar, huge day. ENPH, huge day. TAN, huge day. Sun power, huge day. Um, run, and it's running again after hours here a little bit too. Our pre-market, and it was running after hours last night as well. It had a big day too. Mm -hmm. Solar stocks are hot right now. They got hot all of a sudden. So I think you're looking at them and pullbacks here. And, you know, I think actually maybe the ENPH... I'm going to say the NPH, the 155 to 160 is not a bold call, but I think that's going to be your 2023 low. So I think this could get back up over 200 bucks. That doesn't look too bad. I like Max N as one to keep an eye out for. Has a nice little pattern there to maybe see it go through 28 to 30s. Um, just keeping an eye out on that one because it did have this huge spike and then never kind of went back into that zone. I like when stocks don't come back into that zone. Now mm. let's look to see if it starts to drive higher as of course, during this time that it was pulling back is when first solar was pulling back, right? The leaders were pulling back, kind of holding it back. Let's see if this can give it the lift today. We'll see what happens there on max end. All right. CRM. Let's grab that one here too. Um, really I'm nice still move. long CRM bought it in that long consolidation period in June. I picked nice. it up right around 210 to 11, right in there. Put it in the long-term portfolio and just, I think a half-size position. I only did a half-size position on it, but it's, it's trying to resolve itself to the upside here too. So it's been a good few days for CRM. The story is starting to get hot here again. The valuation is not cheap, but it's not ridiculously expensive either. The last time I looked, at least when I was putting in my portfolio 210, it looked reasonable there. Um, I think there's more room up on CRM. I think, you know, it's had a pretty good move for the last few days. Maybe it needs a check back, get into the low 220s. Maybe you try to pick it up there. Not a bad one to watch. And uh, I was calling out Oracle, and this was one that I didn't play right. I'll tell you guys the truth. Like always, sometimes you're going to execute them well. I did not execute this one well. Actually got out in the 114s, and it's back up there to 120s. Came back now to 118s. This one doesn't look too bad for me. To the AI story and this. Oracle became an AI story, and it's there on this one. So mm -hmm. again, you know, it kind of looks like AMD on the chart. Oracle yeah. kind of looks like AMD. It's a little AMD is a little more volatile and choppy, but the overall, you know, we we ran out. Oh, other AI stocks, then we pulled back, checked back. Now we're trying to consolidate and trying to you know get some gas to move higher. I just got to say on AMD too, which I'm still fully long. Um, it has just got so much analyst hate. I mean, there was that analyst note yesterday that put a bearish thesis. There's another analyst note today putting a bearish thesis saying they think the EPS uh, uh, earnings are too high. Um, and the stock is shrugging it off. Yesterday shrugged it off. It's down here again today because there's an analyst negative note on it. Does it shrug it off again? Yeah. Bulls are trying to take control of the stock. It's been, you know, a battle here, battleground between 110 and 120. They're trying to get it back up here. I mean, earnings are going to matter here too. I don't know when they report, but they're coming. They are coming in. I think that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. I'll take a quick little peek here to give us a date here. I have it unconfirmed on Tuesday, August 1st. Um, so, yeah, it's coming pretty quickly here about two weeks from now. Um, we'll keep our eyes out on AMD. 
I think it did get a really nice push through 115 yesterday. So that's the level that I'd be looking for pullbacks right now. But I really want to see it take out this Friday high. Go up there towards 122s, 120s, and then you're going to start looking a lot better there on AMD. I love how it filled the gap. I always look for these kind of little gap fills and then for it to come right back out of it. And that's exactly what you're kind of seeing right now. We'll see if it can hold that gap on any pullbacks and get to the next level. That's AMD. And I think that's going to do it for us. It's 9.06. We'll go to live trading in just a second. But like always, you guys can keep up with everything Dennis Dick does. Triple D Trader. Give my man a follow. Like always. And uh, I, Good luck, you, everyone. You're, you're tripled the trader on on threads if you're trying to add my man yeah on i know i might get, get on threads today dennis i haven't even looked on threads today what's that what do you want me to get go on thread? threads today get on threads okay i'll thread something today you thread something today my I'm friend thread something today <laughs> you have a good one dennis take care yes. my friend all right that's gonna do it for us like always you guys will bring you over to live trading that's coming up next i hope you guys enjoyed today's show we talked about everything from the nasdaq rebalance we talked about the bank earnings right bank of america morgan stanley lockheed Schaub, uh, schwab we went to navaris we talked about the retail sales data coming in a little bit light than expected we get into a bunch of different areas into the market like always we're here for the pre-market and always here also for the market open if you guys haven't checked out live trading what are you missing lord ryan and myself go into the market just yesterday live we actually emailed the nasdaq and thanks to my man nick brown so shout out to my man nick brown he was able to go ahead and get the answer for us on that nasdaq rebalance that's what it's all about here at benzinga we're here to give you guys the answers and to level the playing field every single day smash the like we'll bring you guys over now to live trading and don't forget guys the book club the book club I will uh, mention today I have some things that popped up out of nowhere. So I'm going to probably have to push the book club uh, meeting today towards next week um, just because I, I have some things that I need to take care of after work. But we are going through Market Wizards. I've been enjoying reading these interviews with top traders from Jack D. Swagger. If you guys haven't joined the book club, go ahead and join. So um, we are going to do two interviews for next week. We already kind of we're going to do it this week, but I might actually add one more so that we can keep running through the book. Join the book club today. This is my way of giving back to you guys and paying it forward. Now to get you guys to live trading and see what money I can come up with today. I'll see you guys over there. Don't go anywhere and hit the like on your way out. Know where you're at. Uh, Benzinga and, of course, pre-market prep.